it's the most wonderful time of the year. What does that conjure up in your mind? (laughs) Probably not Easter. But Easter really is the most wonderful time of the year for so many reasons. And although we love Christmas, the greatest gift, the greatest sacrifice was given at Easter. You're going to want to stay tuned and hear about the true meaning of this special time of year. Welcome to this special Easter episode of the Well-Versed Woman podcast. I'm Renee Teller. And I'm Teresa Morgan. You see, Renee and I are two perfectly imperfect women. We love to share the relationship we have with Jesus Christ and how he has transformed our lives. Yeah, exactly. This is a podcast about relationship, not about religion. It's a podcast about relationship with our creator, this big God that we've come to know and love so deeply. But before we get started, we begin every episode the same way. We have to plug into that creator in order to get the wisdom and the download, just like with our technology. And we do that by being very still. For 20 seconds, we close our eyes, take some slow, deep breaths, and actually ask God to come and be with you. Ask him to come and open your ears to hear, your eyes to see, and your heart to feel exactly what he wants for you today. It's that easy. So let's get started right now. Those 20 seconds start now. That's it. That's 20 seconds. And I am so excited to be back here with Teresa today. We resumed our podcast last week with just a little welcome back video. Uh, Go back and listen to that if you'd like. But we are talking about what has become for me, I know for Teresa, the most wonderful celebration of our faith, of our Christianity. And it is the Easter season, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus after he walked on the earth. And Teresa, I remember one of my most difficult questions when I was beginning to learn about God and develop this relationship with him is, why, if you're so knowing and powerful, why was the method to cover our sins, so to speak, why did you choose having to kill your son in order to do that? Why did you come up with something that seemed a lot less painful? Because, Teresa, you and I both have sons. We can't imagine, and I'm sure people listening, you know, allowing this, their son to be sacrificed for a whole world of people. We we can't imagine doing that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Renee, I had the same question. And I think God beckons us 
us with that question, you know, just why. And when we understand from the word of God why, it makes sense. Before I go into the word of God, just as human beings, we all carry blood and we all bleed red. And in that blood is the life sustenance. Without blood running through our body, we could not live Renee, in the blood, we have the white blood cells, the red blood cells. We have everything we need to sustain life. And in it, it's that blood that circulates, bringing our organs our, in our brain and our heart and all of those beautiful organs in our body that work daily, minute by minute to sustain life. And so <clears throat> true. When we go to the Bible and we see, for instance, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 22, it says, in fact, under the law, almost everything is cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, neither release from sin and its guilt, nor cancellation of the merited punishment. That's the Amplified Bible. So we can see without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. God in his universe, in in the law of spirituality, there is a law that things are cleansed by blood. We can go back to the book of Genesis, Renee, and we see when Adam and Eve sinned, what did what was the first thing that God did? He killed an animal and he covered them with with the, with the skins of the animal, but blood was shed. If we go through the Old Testament, we see the same theme. We see that the people, the Israelite people, constantly having to kill the ram and the bull and the goat, and they were sacrifices that it was, again, it was shedding of blood to cover sin. But when Christ came, this is the beauty of our Savior. He didn't just cover sin, Renee. He became sin. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, He who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So he didn't just cover sin, he became sin. So that when we put our faith in his his work on the cross, we become righteous in our spirit, and that is the born-again experience. So his coming to earth, his dying on the cross, his shedding of blood was for us in our sins, and we get total forgiveness in a total immersion into that sacrifice when we put faith in his work, in his atoning work on the cross. It's the greatest exchange that ever takes place in Mm. the human life, Renee. So true. And this law that you talk about, Teresa, that it, it became a law, I began to see as I studied and got closer to God and asked him for wisdom to help me see that he has a lot of laws. So this one is, you know, for me, maybe the most painful, but there's other laws that I don't, I don't understand how he made them necessarily, but like, just take gravity. Like if I just look at the law of gravity that he put in place, that scientists, was it Newton, decided to figure out that there are these laws 
in our universe that exist that God put in place to keep order in our universe. So if we didn't have gravity, we'd have chaos, right? We'd have outer space and everything would be running and bumping into each other. So I understand that. And as I begin to study even the natural laws that were there when God created the planet, the the earth, the, the universe, then I can understand that he also created this law as it relates to the relationship that he has with us and how we interact with him. Again, because without those, we'd be in chaos as humans. We would not have any order to our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true, Renee. Um, there, are, there are natural laws that we follow, traffic lights and speed limits. And um, then, then there are spiritual laws. You know, I'm thinking, Renee, of Genesis 8.22. God says, as long as the earth remains, there shall be seed time and harvest. So, you know, sowing and reaping, there's, there's the law of sowing and reaping. There are so many laws. But, you know, the one that we are focusing on today is is the law that without the shedding of blood, there was no remission of sin. Um, God came to the earth. There was not one qualified even to be a spotless lamb of God, if you will. We all, the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. So Christ himself, God himself came incarnate in the flesh as the spotless lamb of God qualifying to take sin on. And boy, when we talk about God's love for us, he did this willingly. He accepted this punishment of the cross on our behalf. He had never sinned. It it qualified him to be the spotless lamb to take our sin. And what a beautiful sacrifice that is. And it shows the depth of his love for us. And when we hear this good news that we can be reunited to God when we hear the gospel and we put our faith in it, then we are born anew, the newness of life. And our spirits are recreated. The Holy Spirit comes into our life, into our spirits to live with us and to rule and to reign as we allow him. And it's beautiful because our free will is kept intact and we are transformed situation by situation through his power, through his love, and we become all that he has created us to become. Mm. It just reminds me when people often ask us, why, you know, why is Easter so special? Can you imagine a relationship with this God? And then trying to comprehend that this God would send his son, would would take on flesh in the form of Jesus, and then sacrifice him for me, Teresa. There's a song it reminds me of that we sing that just breaks me up every time. You know, oh, my king, how can it be that thou, my Lord, would die for me? And when you think about the relationships that you have in your life, 
And even just think about servicemen. I know that that really touches so many of us, the men and women that go fight for our country, that they would lay down their life potentially for this country, for our freedom so that we can be free. I have a lot of family members that have served and I'm in awe of them and I'm in awe of those servicemen. But to have our God, our King, my creator, my all in all, my everything, you know, send his son to die for me. That is exactly why this season is so impactful, so powerful that we celebrate the beautiful part of it, Teresa, which is the transition from death to life. The fact that we know that, yes, he was crucified. And, you know, when we, when we think about those scriptures and we read them, it pains us. And then on the third day on Easter, he rose again. And, and we just, just as if you had a, a child that was sick or declared declared dead and he rose again. We're hearing these things that happen in the OR, but can you imagine the elation of a parent if that happened? So it's the same for us on Easter, isn't it, Teresa? Oh, it it sure is. And it is amazing, Renee. You know, first John chapter four, verse 19 says that we love because he first loved us. So he looked down, he saw humanity in trouble. We were tr- in trouble in our sin. And so he said, I am going to bear the cross. I am going to bear their punishment. And so he did just that. But it's not just his death and burial. It's his resurrection. It is that when he was raised to newness of life, Renee, and is now, as the Bible says in Hebrews, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. He, like, like Christ, we, when we put our faith in his work, we also have an assuredness that we also will be raised to newness of life after this life on this earth is over for us. Let's look at a few, let's look at a few scriptures, Renee. Of course, you know, John 3, 16 and 17 is such an anchor verse for Christians. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we can see God's entire plan of salvation in that scripture. But let's move on and talk about the resurrection, Renee. In the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 3 to 9, Paul so succinctly writes about what happens in the resurrection. He says, and I'm reading in the Amplified Bible, he says, Are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and power of the Father, we too might walk habitually in newness of life, abandoning our old ways. For if we have become one with him 
permanently united in the likeness of it is his death, we will also certainly be with one with him and share fully in the likeness of his resurrection. Isn't that beautiful? It's an assuredness that we have that when this life is over, the the spirit of man, who we truly are that we talked about last week, will be reunited with him. Um, Here, this life, when it is over, we will likewise, Renee, resurrect to God. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. His victory has become our victory through faith in Christ Jesus. Mm. And I'm going to read the rest of that same scripture, Teresa, because it's so beautiful. This is the beautiful message that no matter what we've done, no matter what our past sins or whatever past we we shame ourselves for, that all goes away because of what God says. So the rest of this, again, Teresa was reading Romans 6, verses 3 to 9. We know that our old self, our human nature without the Holy Spirit, was nailed to the cross with him, with Jesus, in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we no longer are slaves to sin. Now, that doesn't mean we don't sin. We we continue in our humanness, but we are not slaves to sin. We are not bound by it because we believe in Jesus and his forgiveness. For the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin. Again, doesn't mean we don't go on making mistakes and Christians think they're infallible. No, we're freed from the power of sin. Sin is very powerful. It can cause non-believers, right? It can cause eternal death without resurrection. Now, if we have died with Christ, We believe that we will also live together with him because we know the self-evident truth that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. So it will be the same for us. Death will no longer have power over us. And that is why, Teresa, this is the most wonderful time of the year because the message is that we are forgiven, that all those crazy things I did between birth and this point in my life have been thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, the word of God says. So it doesn't mean, ladies and gentlemen, that we don't have to repent, that we're not repentive, we're not sorry for our sins, we are, but we don't have to be bound by them. We don't have to beat ourselves up over and over and over and shame ourselves and feel condemned because God did this for us. And again, it's why we, you know, why I cry all through Easter service at the remembrance of what God did for me, for just me. And he would do it for just one. Mm-hmm. So, so, so beautiful, Renee, so true. You know, when we talk about that <laughs> sin no longer reigns over us, you know, the, the, the truth of scripture that says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are the temple of God 
and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. So we don't have to bend our knee to sin anymore because God, the Holy Spirit, when when we're a believer in Christ, when we've invited him into our life and are born again, the Holy Spirit now lives in us to give us the strength, the ingenuity, and everything we need so that we are no longer slaves of sin. And the perfect righteousness that is in our spirit can live and conquer sin. And I just love that the sting of death has been conquered, that we know that when this life ceases here on earth, we will be with Christ because his victory became our victory. I love what Colossians, the book of Colossians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 says, and again, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him to a new life through our faith in the working of God is displayed when he raised Christ from the dead. When you were dead in your sins in the in, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, worldliness, manner of life, God made you alive together with Christ, having freely given us all, given for our sins. So Christ was given on our behalf so that we can walk in the newness of life here on earth and fulfill the mission that he's given us. And then also, in the next life with him, we get to, to rule and reign with Christ, Renee. It's, be- it's, be- it's a beautiful truth mm. um, that I live by day every day. Mm. We get to be with him in the kingdom. And, and I think next week, Teresa, we'll talk about the kingdom and our rightful heir as children of the king. So come full circle from this moment this crisis of belief where you begin to say, I'm all in for God. I'm all in. I don't have all the answers. You may be just in the beginning of your relationship with God, but you're going to just you, you're going to just jump off the diving board. Teresa and I, we did a lot of that as kids. Um, just jump off the diving board, get in the water, and he will help you swim and he will answer all your questions. But take that step of faith, take that jump off the diving board, because you'll see when we talk next week about what you've stepped into. You've stepped into the kingdom and you with us will be heirs in the kingdom of God. And it is nothing better, Teresa, nothing better. Oh, Renee, that is so true. And I'm going to give uh, our listeners just a glimpse for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So if, if righteousness and peace and joy in God sounds great to you, you won't want to miss next week. <laughs> well, Teresa, as we tell all our listeners always, we're all about the word of God because that is where truth comes from. And in this confusing, chaotic world, it's nice to have some truth. And we founded this podcast on one particular scripture, Teresa. Absolutely, Renee. Romans ten seventeen. faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. We'll see you next week. Bye now. Oh, thank you for listening. We love that you're here and that you're back with us. 
Remember, we have a Facebook group that you can join and we're going to be in there doing some more live videos and conversing a lot more. So you want to jump in, just search Facebook for the Well-Versed Woman group, ask to join and we'll approve you to get in there. We also have the show notes from this episode. Click on details on your favorite platform and scroll down and you'll see the show notes. You can print them or review the word of God that we discussed in this very episode. And last but not least, if you rate and review this, and if you did it during our first season and you're coming back to season two, go ahead and rate and review it again, because we love to hear from you. And maybe your well-versed woman journal is full. We'll send you another one. So until next week, we love you. Bye now.